Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, March 1st, 2022, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts for the evening, Anastasia and Miara. Lavendar is still on assignment tonight. I want to let you know that we have two Starseed quests coming this spring, the Athena Earth to Sky Equinox, which is March 18 through 21, and then leading up to Pleiadian lineup, we have May 6th through the 9th. And these are soul family reunions, and you must have at least one galactic star marking on your natal chart to be eligible. So you can write to crystals at starseedhotline.com for more info or to check and see if you have a galactic marking. So tonight I am joined by Miara, who is one of our excellent team of astrologers, to teach you about the importance of understanding the effects of the moon's position. Because the moon influences every living thing, it's vitally important for starseeds to understand its movement through the signs. If you've been focused on taking your mission to the next level and you are unaware of where the moon is when you try to take that next step, you might be swimming against the current. You might even think it's a bad sign when it's really only the wrong sign for your purposes. The moon goes through all 12 signs every month. And when you learn to live in harmony with its influence, you have the wind at your back instead of in your face. In this episode, Miara and I will talk about all the moods of the moon, which also helps you understand others better because they are also being influenced. At the top of the show, it is Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And do you have starseed children or grandchildren? Are you constantly trying to get them off the screens? I know it's a big problem for many, so I've written a book to help children want to put the phone down and reconnect with Mother Nature by understanding the animal guides of Native America. It's called Magical Messages from the Animal Kingdom, and it's on Amazon. And if you just type Ariel Taylor in the search bar, you'll get right to it. And I'd like to thank Kathy and Jada for hosting the switchboard tonight for those who may have a question. Our main website is starseedhotline.com. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart. And the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one Zoom session available with Anastasia, Emerald, Miara, Riley, or myself. Lavendar has now retired from doing sessions, so she can work on finishing her book and her movie. Remember, if you have a birthday coming up, you'll get a window of 10 hours of power, and you can find out exactly when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. That takes less than a week usually. So first up tonight, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her wonderful Starseed News. Good evening, Ariel. Hello, everybody. It's great to be with you tonight. Today's the 1st of March. Isn't that wonderful? 3-1-2022. The flowers are popping up and the robins are back and the air is sweet again. 
Lovely. We got through the winter. Well, there is a new study out about dog years. New study into how long dogs live questions that idea that each of our years, each one of our years, is seven years for dogs. But the study also tells us that it could help humans live longer. They tell us that large breeds age ten times quicker than we do, and some small dogs can be half of that. Now, scientists are studying the genomes of 10,000 dogs in a long-term study called the Dog Aging Project, and they hope they will be able to see why supercentenarian dogs that live to 20 years old can survive so long and then apply that to people. A professor at Princeton University said, Personally, I find this project exciting because I think it will improve dog and ultimately human health. We are sequencing the genomes of 10,000 dogs, and this will be one of the largest genetic data sets ever produced for dogs. It will be a powerful resource not only to understand the role of genetics in aging, but also to answer more fundamental questions about the evolutionary history and domestication of dogs. One part of the project uh, is going to compare the DNA of exceptionally long-lived dogs to dogs that live to the average age for their breed. The researchers hope to identify specific biomarkers of canine aging. They anticipate that their findings will translate to human aging for several reasons. Dogs experience nearly every functional decline in disease disease of aging that people do. The extent of veterinary care parallels human health care in so many ways. And our dogs share our lived environments, which is a major determinant of aging and one that cannot be replicated in any lab setting. So as go the person, so goes the dog, and they're hoping to find out what enables dogs to live long and how that can apply to us. So I think that's very interesting, and I think most of us love our dogs. Well, Wales has uh, provided something for foster children, young people who've grown up in foster care, they're going to give these kids guaranteed income. Now, let me explain. The Welsh ministers want to test how payments to young people could help these 18-year-olds be better placed for their transition into independence as adults. It It is expected they're going to start this program with about 500 young people that will qualify for the 1,600 pounds a month Beginning one month after their 18th birthday, the income will be unconditional and will not be withdrawn if participants get a job. Now, a representative from the Welsh Youth Parliament says it will be a safety net for those who have been in care who may not have support from families. He said many have been damaged physically and mentally. This can help pay for private counseling or therapy as often public waiting lists for these services are way too long. There's a government thinking about young people who have grown up under difficult yeah. circumstances. Isn't that neat? Well, here, here's a wonderful story about seals, about animals in general and about us and our relationship to animals. A sailor who fell into the ocean swam five hours during the pitch dark of night with help from a seal. A man accidentally fell out of his boat while in the Pacific Ocean and watched his boat sail off into the distance from the middle of the frigid Santa Barbara Channel. Having been from Santa Barbara, I'll tell you, that water gets cold. He was lost at sea, no land in sight, pitch dark outside. 
He was sure that these were his final moments on earth. Thoughts of his family helped him to find the will to survive, but he said, I told myself, just keep swimming. You've got to get home to the family. He said, I wasn't thinking about sharks or anything like that until I heard this splash. Well, as it turned out, there were no sharks, but the splashing of a seal that the man described as an angel that came to help him. He said it was a medium-sized harbor seal. The seal would go underwater, and he came up and kept nudging me like a dog comes up and nudges your leg. He said, I wondered if it, like, you know, knew I was in trouble and told me to keep going. Well, the seal pushed him quite a ways. And because of that, he felt like he could try to, cl- to swim to the nearest oil platform. Um, that was far, but it was closer than land anyway. Well, he was pushed along by the seal. He said, and I also told myself, I've got to make it to the platform because this is my only choice. Well, freezing and exhausted, he finally reached that platform five hours later. Crews aboard the oil platform helped him out. The Coast Guard got him to a hospital where he was treated for hypothermia and other things. Rescuers said they didn't see how he could have made it. Ice cold water, T-shirt, shorts, on a pitch black night and a five-mile swim. If it hadn't been for that seal, well, anyway, an an unexpected angelic seal showed up, and the rest is history. Wow. That gives you goosebumps. I got goosebumps, yeah. Yeah, the seal saved his life. Well, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I really appreciate my garbage men. I really do. I think they get one of the most <laughs> underappreciated jobs. Honestly, what will we do without them? They're really important. And this is a story about a man in Connecticut, a garbage man, who stopped his truck to give a woman down on her luck a hug, a much-needed embrace. Now, this act of kindness and compassion was seen by local deli owners across the street who said, We just saw this garbage man hugging this woman for, I don't know how long, maybe five minutes, but it was a real hug. They witnessed then that the garbage man gave the woman some money. Well, they snapped photographs and they posted those to Facebook with the quote, shout out to the garbage man who stopped his truck and gave a few dollars and a much needed hug to a young lady down on her luck. If anyone knows who he is, uh, send him to the deli because we want to buy him lunch. This is what they wrote on their post. Well, the man was actually tracked down by a local news station. And in the subsequent interview, he said to them, anytime you see somebody walking around with everything that they own, talking to themselves, I don't know, it just took me over. He then said that after talking to the woman and helping her out with cash, he felt compelled to offer more comfort. So I hugged her. I said a prayer, and and that was it, the city worker said. Well, his good deed inspired the deli owners to help the woman, too. After we saw him do that, we made her a breakfast and brought it over to her. It's kind of like a domino effect, they said. The garbage man said, I try to be the best person I can be every day. I'm a garbage man. We're about the community. I'm about the community. I was born here. So whatever I can do to help, that's what I'm going to do. Wow, sometimes we flail around in our minds wondering, what's my purpose on earth? Why am I here? What's my mission? Well, here's a man who lived his mission. And my hat is off to him and my garbage men. I knew that this story would be of interest to Sarseed. It's an interest to me. It's, it's cool. Did you know that there was a baby born at 222 
on 2-22-22 in room two. <laughs> it was literally a Tuesday to remember for this North Carolina family. The new mother gave birth to a daughter on February 22, 2022 in delivery room two at 2.22 a.m. According to the hospital, the baby is an answered prayer for her family. The mother had recovered from a serious health condition that made pregnancy highly unlikely. And by the way, the next time a 2-22-22 will occur on a Tuesday won't be until the year 24-22, 400 years from now. Missed our chance, guys. <laughs> if you didn't have something spectacular happen at 2-22 on 2-22, we got to wait 400 years. But this baby is going to live this every day of his life because, well, it's his birthday. All right, there, it, it, this is a story out of India. Listen to this. Talk about love in action. It's, I wonder if how many of us could comprehend this. It's not our American way. This man sold his house to pay for his granddaughter's education. So Internet strangers bought him a new one. Here's the story. There's a charity group called Humans of Bombay, and they told about an auto rickshaw driver who sold his house to pay for his granddaughter's education. And thanks to the love and support of Internet strangers, well, now this dear man has a roof over his head. But in his interview with the humans of Bombay, this man, called Dejraj, revealed that after losing both of his sons, it was his responsibility to provide for his grandchildren and daughters-in-law, and that was what gave him the strength to live. Then he said, six years ago, my oldest son disappeared from home. He left for work like normal, but never returned. He later found out that his son had died. And then two years later, another son died. When his granddaughter asked if she would have to quit school, he promised her that she would be able to continue her schooling. She, he started working longer hours, leaving home at 6 in the morning, driving his rickshaw until midnight. He said, on most days, we barely have enough to eat. But when his granddaughter said that she wanted to tra travel to Delhi for a Bachelor of Education degree, he knew he wouldn't be able to afford it on his current income. He told the newspaper that interviewed her, but I have to fulfill her dreams. I had to do it at any cost. So I sold her house, and I paid her fee. His wife, daughter-in-law, and grandkids stayed with a relative in their village while Desraj stayed in Mumbai to work. He slept every night in his car. It was a sacrifice he was happy to make for his granddaughter's future. He said, I can't wait for her to become a teacher so that I can hug her and say, you've made me so proud. She's going to be the first graduate in our family, he said. Well, Desraj's story touched everybody. An online fundraiser was launched, and thousands of people helped raise a total of 24 lunk, which is 32,000 U.S. dollars, for him. The humans of Bombay wrote, All because of your love and support, Desraj now has a roof over his head and is being able to educate his granddaughter. Thank you for reaffirming our faith in kindness and in humanity. Ah, oh, lovely. Wow. Win-win all the way around. Here's a cute story. It really requires pictures, but I'm going to try to describe it to you. I wish I could show you the photographs. This is a story about how a stray kitten saved a struggling restaurant from going underwater. It is a family, actually, of stray kittens that helped this restaurant. This occurred in Osaka, Japan. In 2018, a Japanese family opened a miniature railway model-themed 
ramen restaurant. That's a mouthful. Let me tell you what it is. The photographs tell it. The entire restaurant is decorated with miniature uh, railroad scenes, little little choo-choos, little trains, little dioramas of miniature stuff. It's really pretty stuff. You know, when the Japanese do things like that, they do it upright. So it's quite exquisite. Exquisite miniature dioramas all over the restaurant and in the windows of these uh, railway scenes. Well, like many other restaurants, when the pandemic hit, their business started declining and they faced financial ruin. He was ready to shut it down. He had to give up. He said he needed a miracle, and it came in the form of a stray cat. In June of 2020, a severely ill kitten showed up at the door at the restaurant. He thinks it was probably maybe 10 days old. Well, he decided to help nurse it back to health. And the next day, he saw another cat. It was the kitten's mother. Well, she began to visit and nurse her baby, and so he fed her too. And one day, she brought three more kittens. Now, it was a financially difficult time, he said, but we decided to help the cat family. Yes, we thought we were helping them, but they were the ones who helped us. What happened? Well, the cats quickly made themselves at home by lounging on all of the miniature train models. Now, this is a photograph I wish I could show you. There are tons of them. Kittens and cats laying in their valleys, the little miniature valleys across the mountaintops of these dioramas, snuggling up to trains, laying their little plump furry bodies inside of uh, miniature, um, what, rivers and, and lakes. It looks, to the naked eye, since the dioramas are pretty realistic, it looks like this giant, huge cat, you know, like an enormous cat in a little village. Anyway, they're beautiful. <laughs> it's adorable. Well, of course, people started showing up. They came from all over Japan to see the cats laying in these dioramas. It's really quite, and they, you know how cats get. They're floppy when they're relaxed. These kitties are drooping over, and I guess he made this <laughs> stuff to hold up because nothing is damaged, and the cats love it. They just, they lay all around these things, cuddle them, snuggle them, whatever. Anyway, his business is booming. He says as a way to thank his feline uh, saviors, he opened a cat shelter and a cat hotel on the second floor of his restaurant. Now, people can visit the cat hotel and spend up to two hours there while they drink tea and play with the cats. Visitors can also adopt the cats. Now, to date, the restaurant owner has found forever homes for more than 60 cats and has taken in more than 100 cats off the street. Um. <laughs> well, this is an important uh, bit of information for the environment. Um, scientists say they've discovered how to destroy toxic PFAs, also known as the forever chemicals. Um, scientists are, are putting their name to this test. Um, let me tell you about PFAs. It's perfluorinated or polyfluorinated alkyl substances. They are known to be nearly impossible to break apart. They accumulate in groundwater, soils, and everywhere else. Their health effects are known, and they're now thanks to these scientists, apparently is a new method to destroy 99% of them inside water sources. Now, this is something that they're doing, and they're calling it supercritical water oxidation, SWO for short. In a paper recently published, they found that um, this is where they report that they can destroy 99% of these chemicals in water. And how do they do it? 
well, very simply, when the water is heated to, imagine this, 705.2 degrees Fahrenheit under a certain pressure, the scientific complexities I'm sparing you, uh, puts this water in a state known as supercritical. And here, accelerated oxidation and other reactions cause these PFAs to dissolve into their component elements, which then can be collected and disposed of. Now, they say discovering a way to destroy these chemicals is precious because restricting their manufacturing and use would be difficult because they are prized for their ability to resist oil and water and high temperatures and because they are one of the principal components of firefighting technology. So we have really needed to know how to dispose of them, and they think they have found a way. That's amazing. It's fantastic. That can be of great benefit to everyone on the planet particularly as these toxic chemicals have collected and are in everything, probably even in our bloodstreams. Well, my last story for tonight is just amazing. This is about magpies. Magpies, birds, you know birds, magpies, have outwitted scientists. And I'll tell you the story. Uh, This is about Australian ornithologists who stumbled upon an extremely rare cognitive ability in magpies after letting five of the birds with little backpack tracking devices, uh, after fitting, excuse me, after fitting five birds with these little backpack tracking devices. Now, demonstrating a risk, uh, excuse me, let me start over. Demonstrating a mix of rescue behavior and altruism to each other, as well as clever problem solving, the magpies saw their friends had a strange metal parasite on them. What is that? And they set to work. Within hours, the group had cut them free from themselves. Everybody took trackers off of everybody else. The birds said to themselves, what is that? Let's get that off of her, him. And they set to work. (laughs) Australian magpies live in social groups of up to 12 individuals. They display group behavior through things like defending their territory with swooping and through shared child-rearing responsibilities with their siblings. Imagine that. Well, when a researcher at the University of the Sunshine Coast came up with a unique harness that she designed uh, to put these GPS trackers on them, she was excited to gather data and learn how magpies travel, whether they have patterns or schedules throughout the day, uh, you know, if age, sex, or dominance ranked among their or affected their activities. She was trying to under, understand magpies to the nth degree. And she said, within 10 minutes of fitting the final tracker, we witnessed an adult female without a tracker working with her bill to try and remove the harness off of a younger bird, saying that the birds figured out how to target the only weak point in the harness design. Within hours, most of the other trackers had been removed. By day three, even the dominant male of the group had its tracker successfully dismantled. As well as intelligence, this demonstrates that a behavior that's extremely rare in birds, which is the attempt to help another individual out of a period of distress, known as, not surprisingly, rescuing. This has been seen only once before in the Seychelles Warbler, which has been documented rescuing its neighbors if they get sticky and prickly seed clusters stuck on their wings, which can actually kill the birds in some cases. Now, magpies happen to be corvids, which, does that ring a bell, anybody? Of the crow family, which is one of the most intelligent and successful families in the animal kingdom, including recognizing oneself in a mirror, 
They regularly display tool use, tool crafting, joking around, social cooperation, the concept of zero, and much, much more. New Caledonian crows, a relative of the magpie, are widely regarded as the smartest of all birds. Now scientists tell us that they can add rescuing to the repertoire of these highly intelligent birds. Isn't that amazing? So we have a lot to learn about nature, don't we? All the things we took for granted and assumptions and such. Animals are just animals. Man, I tell you, I love it. It's a wonderful world we live in full of beauty and diversity and awesomeness and intelligence and beautiful, insightful people such as Starseed who are making a difference. That's something to be joyful for in this beautiful March 1st day. From my heart to each one of you, much love, everybody. You take good care. Thank you so much for having me, Ariel. I'll catch you next time. Okay. Great job. I, I love those stories tonight. Uh, really interesting and, and heartwarming. So thank you so much, Anastasia. And we'll talk you to you so on the next show. Okay. Good night. Bye-bye. Okay, so I am going to uh, get your mic open here, Miara. Hi, Ariel. And it's spinning. Okay, hello. hello. I'm so glad that you that you're. Uh, can you hear me all right? Yes, I can hear you great. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> I hear you great. Okay. I hear a little bit of echo on. I think it's on my phone, but um, as I was saying before the show. My landline is not working tonight, so I'm having to use my cell phone. So if it's uh, the audio is weird or doesn't sound normal, um, it'll be it'll be fixed by the next show. Um, but I am so glad that you are able to join me tonight because you are so knowledgeable. You are an excellent astrologer, and you've been with us for um, over it was like a year and a half now. Wow! Yes, thank okay. you, Ariel. Very generous of yeah. you. It's actually my my pleasure and honor to be with you guys for over a year and a half now. So, yeah, it felt yeah. like not time. Yeah, well, you you just you're very accomplished, and um, and tonight we are going to be talking about the importance of understanding the position of the moon, because every two and a half days it goes into the next sign. Sometimes it's a little less than two and a half but thereabouts. And each sign, each astrological sign that the moon moves through, all 12 every month, has um, characters that, characteristics that are beneficial for some things and not so much for other things. And it's really important to understand the difference, uh, especially if you are having an important meeting or a conversation or you want to uh, confront somebody, you want to launch a project, there are certain um, signs that are very beneficial for that. So as I said um, in the beginning of the show, you always want the wind at your back. You don't want to have to be, you know, uh, swimming against the current or, or, you know, pushing the boulder uphill uh, because if you wait for your timing things will flow much more easily. And as a result, you know, if, you, if, you, uh, if a person um, made a move or started something with um, 
let's say unconducive energies with the moon um, and then further with their with their own planetary transits uh, you could have done a whole lot of work and then and then just like trip across the finish line and fall on your face so we are here to help you understand and teach you um, how to how to find out um, where the moon is now myself I have um, an astrological calendar that's called Llewellyn's Astrological Calendar. Um, I get mine on Amazon every December. And it has all kinds of astrological information, but what we're focused on is it tells you when, when there's a new moon, what's moon, what sign the moon is in. And the moon um, makes aspects to other planets during its each sign that it's in. I'm going to try to explain this as, as basically as possible, but it's, it's like the moon has um, something to hold on to because it's, it's in, in an aspect like 60 degrees, 90 degrees, 180 degrees, or conjunct with another planet, then it's got, it's got something to hang on to. But when it's getting ready to change signs, um, there will be a period of time when it's not aspecting anything and it's just kind of out there on its own with no, um, uh, let's say, no ground to hold on to. And that's when the moon is called void of course. And you never want to do anything that matters to you or start anything that matters to you when the moon is void of course because you just... Uh, it just doesn't go anywhere. For example, um, Richard Nixon took his inauguration, presidential inauguration, with the moon void, of course. And we all know how that worked out for him. Um, <laughs> so you can get the astrological calendar. You can go online and just look up, you know, current moon position. Uh, if you have an astrology app, like time passages, um, you can also see what what sign the moon might be in. But the this astrological calendar is just everything in one place. So tonight the moon is in Pisces, and we're going to end with Pisces because that's the last sign. So we're going to go in order, and um, starting of course with Aries, the first sign of the zodiac, and Aries energy is is emergent, you know, like the first day of spring is the first day of Aries, and that's a new cycle, and there's there's growth, there's potential, there's there's energy, and um, Aries can have uh, a lot of benefit for launching new things, but on the other hand, Aries can also be confrontational or combative, so if you um, if you wanted to have a delicate conversation with somebody, you might not want to have it when the moon is in Aries because they might, uh, they might be a little resistant. Um, Amiara, your thoughts on that? Yeah, 
it's more of a moon for, you know, I don't know, a boxing match <laughs> than, than, a, than a lovely conversation with your partner. So it's definitely um, a new moon to get things started. It's very active. So you want to get moving. Maybe you want to start, you know, going to the gym the next month. You know, you want to start at a new moon in Aries because, then, you know, with the new moon, it starts the new energy, the new month, and then in Aries, it gets you going. So it's like it starts a momentum. It's just very active. It wants to do things. It wants to be free and courageous, um, sometimes impulsive. So, yeah, it's not the best time for conversation necessarily with a partner or a good friend or a close, you know, um, you know person. So, Right, right. And, and certainly, though, if you, if you were in, a, uh, in a, a situation where you needed to stand your ground and you need to assert yourself, Aries Moon can help you do that. Um, but you, you have to, you still have to be diplomatic because Aries is a sign of a warrior. It's about new ideas, new beginnings, new ways of doing things, but it's also got that strength and fire to, um, uh, to initiate things. So, um, if you had, like I said, if you needed to have a delicate conversation with somebody, and um, you needed things to be a little bit more gentle, stay away from moon and Aries. Uh, but when you need to take care of yourself, because Aries is a sign of the self, then that would be very good for you. And as you've mentioned, Miara, the new moon, which um, actually we have tomorrow, um, the 2nd of March, and the new moon comes in at 12.35 p.m., so just after lunch, and there is, if you think of the new moon and the full moon um, event, it's like a gong, like boom, it's the new moon. It lasts for three days. It's the day before, the day of, and the day after. So there's, like a, there's a little window there. The new moon's great for launching new things. So on, um, let's see. Now, now by Tuesday, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I just want to say it does set off the month technically. The astrological month starts with a new moon and it peaks at the, at the full moon. And then it technically ends with the next new moon and it kind of like starts the moon cycle. So we have have 13 of these a year. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, on Thursday, uh, at 8 o'clock or 7.52 p.m., I'm talking Eastern time with all of these times, uh, the moon will move into Aries, and it's the day after the new moon. So, um, you know, Thursday evening, that would be a good launch time. And when the new moon is, it's just a great, it's, it's, it is a, um, a growing energy. And, and so it's good to start something new, to make a new plan. Now, um, let's go to the next sign, which is Taurus. Um, Taurus is an earth sign where Aries is a fire sign. Fire signs are more, you know, leadership, taking the lead, starting something, innovating something. Taurus is, is more staid, um, more um, methodical, down to earth. And if, you, um, if you're trying to change someone's mind, Forget about Taurus moon, because when the moon's in Taurus, people like to stay where they are. They, you know, they, they don't change their minds. It's a very 
um, settled and stable kind of sign. Uh, but it's great because Taurus is, um, it is a great time for um, appreciating beauty and art because those are things that Taurus rules, um, as well as money. Uh, so, you know, working on your finances. Um, and it is, it's also a really good time for, um, for planting flowers because Taurus does rule beauty and it's an earth sign. So planting, you know, your spring flowers, um, if, if it's actually spring in your area, I suppose if you're in Montana, uh, it's not quite yet. But um, when the moon's in Taurus, it's a really good sign for, for planting. And we'll, uh, I'll mention that as we go through the signs. There are some, like Aries, a fire sign. The fire signs are no good for planting because they're dry and barren. Um, and, but it is a good time for, you know, destroying the weeds um, and getting rid of pests. But um, what do you think about Moon and Taurus, Miara? Yeah, it's, it's a great time to have a great meal, um, you know, even the cooking. Um, it's something to enjoy your senses, anything that enjoys, you know, that you really take pleasure in life. Uh, yeah, to, to really to have long-term plans. If you want to sit and um, have some long-term goals and long-term plans, it's also really great uh, for that um, as well. Shopping, <laughs> really great uh, moon for, for shopping for you know, things in life that you want and um, going shopping. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely, you know, <laughs> I'm just kind of mirroring what you said, but yeah. Tourist yeah. Well that, I mean, those a good point. Um, yeah, because I mean, if you if you wanted to um, pitch a new idea to somebody, might not be such a good time when the moon is in Taurus because people are less likely to be innovative. They're going to stay with what they know. And remember, the the moon influences everybody simultaneously. Whatever sign it's in for you, it's in for the whole world. So you can start watching for trends, uh, which is, is something that I've had years and years of training with, being um, you know an entertainer. I would, I could, I could always know every night that I stood on the stage, always know what sign the moon was in, and I could really see how it affected the masses. So um, yeah, so if the moon were in Taurus. People are out for a good time. Taurus is about yeah, pleasure, and it's ruled by Venus. So, yeah, pleasure and, and having a good meal and buying art, um, even, you know, cleaning your house because Taurus is, is, is pretty uh, a good worker. So it would be, you know, the time to use your energy to, to beautify things. And clean comforts, yes. <laughs> right, right. Um, anything to add before we go on to Gemini? Uh, no, I think it's sums up. Okay. Right. Okay. So why don't why don't you um, you take the, the the lead here and talk about the Moon in Gemini? We'll kind of switch places. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, the Moon in Gemini can be very quick. Uh, quick-witted, quick-minded, um, things can happen pretty fast. 
uh, because it's ruled by Mercury, and Mercury is a very fast planet. Um, so lots of information that day, information exchanges between communication and um, collaboration and um, even like education and research like it's a great time to do some research and and, and dig for information Um, to write emails check your emails those kinds of things networking and um, with other people uh, you know make new contacts Uh, so Gemini is all about the interchanges and the interactions um, in our daily lives um, you know with people around us so, yeah, what yeah, do you think, Ari? Well, yeah, exactly. Um, very well put. Um, and you mentioned briefly about, you know, fun. I mean, Gemini loves games. So it's, it's a good time for a mental workout, you know, even if you, if you like crossword puzzles or something like that. Um, but there's another octave to Gemini because people are changeable. They could say one thing one day, and something entirely different the next day. So if someone were telling you something with the moon in Gemini, uh, I would say go check it out because tomorrow they might say something different and that might not be altogether uh, you know, accurate. So there is a, there's a bit of uh, duality. I mean, Gemini is a sign of duality. So, yeah, the best way to use that energy is... Um, is like you said, writing and communicating, and and also uh, keep in mind when we get into more like you know starseed things, um, Gemini can be a trickster, and mm. you know on on a on a lower level, you know it could be the practical joker, uh, you know the comedian of the group, um, you know harmless fun, but when you start getting up into you know activities where your work might influence masses of people, I mean, that opens the door for, you know, the, the, the con artist to come in and, you know, steal your lunch. So always be, you know, kind of aware of everything that's, that's um, happening at that level and make sure if someone tells you something, just don't blindly believe it because it is, you know, Gemini is also the realm of, of trickster. Yeah, you know, not the best time for, for the emotional aspect of things, but d- double checking and using your mind, it's a great time for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Think um, twice. <laughs> Gemini, think right. twice. And another, I mean, Gemini has a lot of energy, and you might be able to get a lot done with, with the Gemini moon. Um, but you've got to be careful that you don't put too many lines in the water because you can also scatter your energy and, and kind of it might fizzle out because you got too much going on multitasking. That's the realm of, of moon and Gemini, but you really have to have your, um, your eyes focused in order to avoid that, that, you know, spreading yourself too thin because Gemini can do a lot of stuff at one time, but there's a limit. (laughs) <laughs> of how much stuff you can do and still be effective at all of it. A little bit of so ADD. Might want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, let's go on to, to um, cancer, which is the next sign, and, and you, can, you can start that. 
Well, yeah, if you, you don't, you know, after, after the moon moves into Gemini, then it's time to get emotional again. So let's, let's think about right. saving our emotional time until it moves into cancer. So, you know, working with the mind when it's in Gemini, then moves into cancer, start to really feel things out and really trust your feelings more than your mind then. So at that point, you want to be able to trust, you know, your gut, um, you know, because it's, it's, it's in cancer. It's, it's, um, it's, it's actually, you know, ruled by the moon itself. And, um, you know, that can sometimes actually in, in, in the body can be um, related to the gut. So, um, you know, listen to the gut and listen to, you know, your emotions and how you feel because cancer really wants compassion and protection and it really wants to feel good. Um, it's a bit, you know, emotional, very, the range of emotions are so vast with cancer, but because of that, it can be really empathic. Um, it can be really sensitive and compassionate. So, um, you know, but it does like it's to stay in its shell. Like you want to maybe you want to be at home and doing things domestically inside your home. You don't really want to go out in a big crowd of people necessarily because you want to stay in your little, you know, crab shell uh, with cancer. Um, you want to be around your family because it's, you know, it, it's um, more geared towards family and you want to be spending time with them maybe. Um, and nurturing for your body and your mind and your soul. but definitely it's more a nurturing quality again if you feel good mm-hmm. you, you have yeah what do you have to um, you, I mean what do we want out for that it's <laughs> <laughs> um, a good point because the moon is ruled or the, I mean the moon rules the sign of cancer so um, people that have um, were born with the moon in cancer um, are often they go they go by their feelings, but because cancer is a water sign, um, if you've ever heard anybody say like, "Oh, Cancerian people are moody," well, not really. They just go with the flow, being the water sign, you know. And if the if the moon is in a sign that's very conducive, that you know things flow nicely. But people that were born with the moon in Cancer um, are more um, affected, like the tides of the ocean are affected by the moon. People that are born with the moon in Cancer are more, um, they, they go with the tides. So you can have, you know, a couple of days when you're really energetic and then a couple of days when you're moody and a couple of days when you're excited. And then, you know, you can go through the whole gamut of um, influence. And so people that... Um, People that are, I mean, born with the sun in cancer or the moon in cancer would be more um, affected by the moon. And it's important, I think maybe even a little more important for those people to keep an eye on the moon because they will be the most affected by that. And certainly if you, if you needed to, um, you know, have a heart-to-heart talk, this is a really good time to do it. Because people are more empathetic, they can really um, understand you better, and um, and maybe you know there's there's intuition involved as well. So it, it would be a good time for a heart to heart talk. So um, and next you know, we go to like okay. Sorry, people who have their chart ruler in in Canada too. Is a little more advanced, but if your chart ruler is ruled by cancer, like you're rising as cancer, um, and the moon would also be very important. 
to people who have a rising in cancer sign or ascendant sign in cancer. Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah. So um, the next the next sign is Leo, and um, like you, Miara, <laughs> um, right? <laughs> yep, I'm the Leo sun sign. Not a moon yeah. sign, but definitely yeah. sun sign. <laughs> yeah. Well, when the moon is in Leo, people are much more generous. They're, they love entertainment, you know, having a good time, um, enjoying yourself, um, having a nice party. These are things that really work well with the moon in Leo. But, again, Leo is a fire sign, and um, it's leadership. There's strength. There's courage. And um, generally, generally it, it, it's, a, it's a very um, – I've always found that the, the public, the masses, when the moon is in Leo, are much more willing to have a good time, much more uh, open and receptive and uh, gracious. And Leo is also very creative. So, um, you know, like, like several of the, of the signs of the, of the moon, I mean, signs of the zodiac, when the moon is in, in a fire sign, Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, uh, or a water sign, these are really, you know, good, good signs for creative pursuits. Um, and Leo is also, yeah. well, yeah, yeah, I mean, acting, music, Drama, theater, um, you know, photography, creative writing—anything that is um, that is born of your own creative expression would be uh, much more productive, much more uh, effective when the moon's in Leo. Um, and what do you think great about about great time to have a party? party. Yeah. Have fun. Maybe go to like a game. You know, go 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 to a game. You know, if you're into sports, sport, you know, sporting events, things like that. Also, very Leonian um, moon. So it's, it's a great time to kind of you know just have fun. Um, it's also a good time to take risks too. If you want to, you know, you you, you want to do something new and you want to gather up some courage. It's like Aries is a good time to start something new, but Leo is a good time to also just take some risks uh, in life. Say you mm-hmm. wanted to invest in something, you know, or do something like that. It's a great time to do that. Right. That's what I was just going to ask what you thought about, you know, investment, speculations. I mean, and people that have a, a, a strong Leo showing, uh, they probably enjoy some, you know, games of chance um, and, uh, you know, uh, buying lottery tickets and that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, good time to buy lottery tickets. Yeah, yeah, but Moon, Moon and Leo, uh, when you when you want to um, you know promote something that you're working on, people would be much more gracious, much maybe more receptive, and um, so Moon and Leo was it was always one of my favorite times because people were not um, they weren't as critical. They're much more into uh, you know, just let's all have a you know good time. Let's enjoy ourselves. Let's let's just have a you know some some you know pleasurable interactions. So it is uh, 
it's a really good, really good sign for that. Um, but because it's a fire sign, not so good for planting and gardening, uh, where the previous sign, Cancer, excellent. All the water signs, Cancer, Pisces, and Scorpio, excellent for gardening and planting and, and especially, um, you know, flowers and things of beauty. But fire signs, not so much. Um, I think we're ready to go into Virgo. Yeah, yeah, we are. You know, Virgo. Okay. You know, after after having so much fun, it's it's time to uh, maybe detox and take care of the body. So you have like a weekend warrior type situation with Leo Moon. <laughs> Monday comes Monday, the moon moves into Virgo, and it's like, okay, time to take care of my body and, uh, you know, <laughs> clean up a little bit. And you're going to you know, do a juice fast today or then I go to the gym, right. you know, things like that. <laughs> take care of your health. <laughs> Right, yeah, and yeah, Virgo, Virgo is is about um, you know your daily activities, your work, um, getting the job done, and it is also about health and healing. So, um, and and Virgo is also influ- I mean, it's ruled by Mercury, so there's also a bit of that um, um, mental um, activity. Uh, Virgos can tend to to have um, mental restlessness like Gemini's can. So when the moon is in Virgo, um, you might feel a little more um, compulsive and, and you want to get organized and you finally clean out that closet. But, um, and even though Virgo's an earth sign, not a good time for planting because it's virgin, it's barren. So it's not a very fertile sign. But I always found that because Virgo is so discerning is so um, um, focused on the tiny details that most people miss. It's not a good time to pitch a new idea with the moons in Virgo because whoever you're talking to, they can't help themselves because everyone's influenced by the moon. They're going to start finding fault or criticizing or, or thinking that you need to you know, go back and do it over again. So um, when the moon is in Virgo, it's not a good time to um, to to launch something that because you may get a lot of criticism and and people might be too um, picky. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there is an aspect of Virgo that can be a nitpicker, and uh, certainly, I mean, there's times when when that's helpful if you're really trying to fine-tune your your thing, whether you've written something or you've got a project going on and you really, really want to, uh, you know, proofread it, fine-tune it, shake out all the bugs, you can work by yourself very well with Moon and Virgo and, and do that. But don't show it to somebody until it gets out of Virgo because it's, it's harder to be um, accepted, um, in in what am I trying to say, Niara? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, it is it, it it likes to see the details and it wants to make sure that something is done very well. <laughs> so, and that's because it has an ultimate drive for for service. So, the perfection perfectionism comes from a really good place of making sure that whoever receives what they're getting, it gets the best that they can get. So, you know, Virgo ultimately wants to please, um, you know, so it will go over every detail and scrub it because it's 
to make sure that person gets everything they need. You know, the, the ambition for service and to serve, um, to volunteer, that kind of thing. But, you know, it's a good time to also take care of, like, the, your books. Like, get things in order, um, organize, you know, situations in your life. Um, because, again, that's where that nitpicking comes into place. Like, oh, that number's out of place or that there's something wrong with that zinc statement. There, what's that cost there? What's that, you know, what was that, you know? So it's a good time to just go over and make sure everything is in order um, because ultimately that will serve your higher purpose. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, I mean, and, and I myself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I will wait for Moon in Virgo when I when I really want to check my work or or you know be industrious and productive. It's really good, like I said, for for working by yourself. But you don't want to present your work to someone else until the Moon gets out of Virgo. But it's a great time for you know taking care of your health, working out, uh, you know, trying a healthy recipe or something. It's just funny you say that because I have a Virgo moon, and yeah, people ask me for what? What do I? What do they ask me? What I think on things? I'm like, well, do you really want to know? (laughs) Because you may have to do it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. Ultimately, we want the best for everyone. (laughs) Comes from a good place, really does. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, every sign has strength. And has things that are kind of like pitfalls. And it just depends on your level of soul evolution and how you understand those, you know, those pitfalls. And you always want to strive for the, uh, you know, the, the, the best fruit of each sign and, um, and, and be aware that, you know, when the, when the moon's in Virgo, you know, everybody's finding fault with me, you know, or I'm finding fault with everybody else. But if you know, it's like, well, it's just because the moon's in Virgo. You don't take it to heart, you know, and you don't beat yourself up. You just understand that it's, it is that, that Virgo energy affecting everybody. So um, every sign is, has a, a strength, but you have to understand what that is and how to pull it, you know, into your experience. So now we go into Libra, ultimate diplomat, balancer, mediator, um, art, beauty, very refined and sophisticated. Um, And Libra is really good for partnerships, working one-on-one with someone else. So, it's it's a good time to um, to launch something um, if it is depending if if it depends on working cooperating with another person and people are would be far less critical because you know Libra is is very tactful and diplomatic and it's it's just a good energy for for partnership. And um, and also for for planting flowers, even though it's an air sign, it, it Libra's about beauty and art. It's it's the the next higher octave from Taurus because they're both ruled by Venus. Um, so, what do you think? How do you use Moon no. in Libra? 
Well, it's a great time to get your hair done, buy a new outfit, and go on a date. But it's also a good time to, (laughs) if you have something with the law or legal, you know, things that are happening in court, it's actually a great time to set up the dates for Moon and Libra because it is so diplomatic and it is justice-oriented. So it's a perfect time to court dates if you can choose your court date. You might choose it in Libra. Um, So anything you have, like mediations or anything like that, another Libra moon. Libra wants to make sure everyone has their equal thing and there's just served in a peaceful, balanced way. Um, that is essentially the peace, the, you know, a, a peacemaking sign. So it's another great time for, for relationships, for dates, but also you know, beautifying and also justice. Yeah, good, good point. Yeah, I mean, Libra is, you know, fairness and equity. Um, and it, it's, a, it's just a very harmonious, you know, harmony between people and um, especially working well with, with partners. It's not really um, the best sign for going it alone. That would be its, its opposite sign, Aries. Aries is really good at going it alone. But Libra wants cooperation and balance. Um, mm-hmm. But if the moon is in Libra and you can't make up your mind, don't worry about it because that's an effect. It's an effect of Libra because you see both sides so evenly that uh, you may have you may find yourself sitting on the fence. It's like, well, this one has that, but then that other one has this, and you could go back and forth and get dizzy over the whole thing. So just wait. Until until it goes into the next sign, um, that's one of the one of the few drawbacks, I guess, if you want to call it that, or things to be aware of with Libra is that you can see the pros and cons so evenly that you, you might not be able to make a decision. But don't beat yourself up; that's normal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can so, wait till the moon goes into Scorpio to make a decision. <laughs> yeah, Scorpio always knows what it wants. So take the lead now on, on moon and Scorpio. Okay, yeah. Good time to make a decision then. <laughs> because yeah. Scorpio is very, yeah, it's very powerful. It's a very, um, you know, uh, it's, it, it's a very directed moon. Um, it can see into things. Um, it, it has this x-ray vision. So, I mean, sometimes you'll be highly psychic then or other people will like, tune into you and almost try to read your mind or something. It can be, it can be a little uh, intense because of it. So uh, it's always good to kind of just move through it in Scorpio because of the intensity of it. Um, but because of that, it could, it's a great time to like really transform things and change things uh, because you can see what's really behind them, what the energy behind something so that you can begin to change it and, and transform it. Um, if something you're unhappy with, you know, Scorpio moon is a great time to understand why and then understand how to heal it. It's also, you know, great yeah, healing moon um, because of that as well. Um, there, there's, yeah, there's just, it's just to check the motivations during Scorpio moon because, you know, it, it, the energy and the emotions are quite intense. Um, but essentially, I think it's very powerful because of that. What do you think, Ariel? Oh, absolutely. Then that is, I mean, the key word for Scorpio is intense. <laughs> there's, no, there's no gray. It's black or white. 
it's up or down, it's extreme. It's like the pendulum swing to the extreme from one side to the other. And um, people, Scorpio also rules sex. So (laughs) that's a great time to have a a romantic evening (laughs) because the energies are really heightened. And um, and there there can be a, a true um, a, what is the, you know kind of a spiritual melding between two people mm-hmm. with moon and square Mer- merging yes so, yeah good, <laughs> good good sex <laughs> but it, and it's it's also I mean a good time for researching digging investigating you know looking for the the hidden um, the things that other people don't see because Scorpio is, is the investigator and you may find, you know, I, I, I always, I always knew when I was, when I was talking to a Scorpio stranger, you know, when I was working in the public, they would just ask me question after question after question. And, and it's because they, they, they're curious. They want to know and they want to, they want to, you know, discover like an archeologist, digging for the truth. So, um, but Knowledge they told them, <laughs> exactly. But with the moon in Scorpio, people are less likely to reveal things about themselves. They want to find out about, about you. But it is a, a very, as you mentioned, uh, heightened psychic abilities. And we're going to talk about the, the, some of the pitfalls with Scorpio. Um, Scorpio likes to get even on, you know, on the lower energies of it. So when mm-hmm. the moon's in Scorpio, um, you know, don't, um, uh, you just have to keep your, I think, I don't want to say keep your guard up, but be aware that people are more likely to be manipulative or seductive um, and try to, you know, get you to do something that maybe you weren't too crazy about doing. But if it's just because the moon's in Scorpio, don't make too much of it. Just like, okay, two days, this energy will be gone. And, um, but it's, it's still something to be aware of. Scorpio, a very powerful sign. And like, you know, like the old saying goes, a power can corrupt and people can, uh, People can go a little too far sometimes because sometimes Scorpio can be a little obsessive. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but if you if you really want if you if you are if you're studying if you're learning something if you are adding um, uh, another skill, you know, a metaphysical thing, it's a really good time to to learn in those areas because Scorpio is very metaphysical, very mystical. So if you were, uh, you know, studying a new uh, a modality of some kind, Scorpio is a really good time to do that because you can really grab a hold of it and, and see much more deeply than you could at other times. So um, any, anything to add? Uh, that's perfect. Besides the fact that, you know, yes, it's, it's also a good time to keep your partner close by if you have that because of jealousy can also ensue uh, because of that, um, that obsessiveness quality uh, that it can bring out. So if people are just getting jealous, 
you know, for no reason of you. You're like, okay, the moon's a Scorpio, you know. They'll get over it when the moon goes into Sagittarius, then they'll be off on their own. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> it's just, wait two and a half days, it'll be over. <laughs> right, Once right. And that's Sagittarius. <laughs> Yeah, that's why, I mean, I, I keep saying people often, um, they try to read into a situation or they try to find some, you know, some spiritual meaning of, you know, oh, the universe is trying to tell me something. And while that could be true at times, always know where the moon is. And if whatever you're experiencing is like, oh, that's why I can't seem to, to get any traction is because, you know, the moon was in, in a sign that, you know, like an air sign, where it's much better to use your mind than to try to, um, you know, ground and get, get, get really rooted because it's just, it's just a passing thing. So, and, and we're all, all of us, I mean, people, animals, plants, all of us are being showered every day with these energies and we sense them we 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 experience and experience them with our interactions with others but we don't always understand it's like oh okay so i really want everyone to 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 track this you know do it for a couple of months look for patterns and if you have a really really good day be sure to check and see where the moon is and then the next month, when it's in that sign again, see if you have another really good day and how that works out for you. Or, on the other hand, if you have a really bad day, go look and see where the moon was. And, um, and, and after a few months of doing this, you're going to start to see patterns in your own life on how things go for you with the moon in certain signs. And once you get a handle on that, you'll really be in the driver's seat. So um, start Sagittarius for us, Miara. Yeah, yeah. Just to uh, just to kind of go on, that's very validating to do. I have to I have to admit that you know once you track the moon, you you're like, oh, that's why I'm not crazy. So it's very very helpful. It's very <laughs> helpful. Um, so you know Sagittarius yeah. is I was saying once the moon goes into Sagittarius, everyone's in, you know off on their own doing their thing, wanting their freedom, okay, <laughs> oh, away from the jealousy. They actually want um, their, their individual individuality just to be able to explore um, things in their life that um, can give them a, a bigger sense, a bigger picture of life. Like traveling, you know, long-distance traveling is a great time. Um, you know, Sagittarius moon is a great time for traveling. Um, if you want to take a, a class, um, it's a good time to educate yourself and maybe, you know, study new things, um, just expand your awareness, expand your consciousness, um, even like meditation retreats, things like that. Um, anything that has to do with just expanding, expansion, since it's uh, ruled by Jupiter um, and seeing a, a bigger picture and just kind of feeling like a, like a, a freedom to explore. Um, it's it's, it's um, a great time for that with Sagittarius Moon, mm-hmm. what do you think? Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's, that's a good point because um, I'm keeping, trying to apply it to a scenario where a starseed wants to um, pitch an idea or to um, collaborate or have someone collaborate or join their team kind of thing because Sagittarius is, can see the big picture 
and it has really a, a drive to 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 grow. So Sagittarius, and especially being a fire sign, um, because fire signs are all about that that leadership and and you know launching new things. Uh, Sagittarians are very very much searching, always searching. Uh, when I say Sagittarians, I mean that applies when the moon is in Sagittarius that, you know, studying um, anything like astrology, metaphysical things, esoteric things, things that are, you know, more lofty, higher spiritual philosophies, um, you know, studying anything that's beyond the the, the normal humdrum, Sagittarius uh, really likes that. The only, only pitfall is excess because Sagittarius sometimes doesn't know when enough is enough. So as I always say, it's like, okay, so if one piece of chocolate is good, then six would be better. And that's not, that's not always true. So just be, be aware that there is, there is some tendency for excessive indulgence um, and uh, that's the only drawback with Sagittarius is is knowing when enough is enough, because Sagittarius always wants well, one more, just one more. <laughs> well, I have but another it, one. You know, yeah. people, I have another one with the, one of those things to watch out with Sagittarius Moon. People can sometimes get a little dogmatic because when they feel like they see the bigger picture and they see everything, they actually feel like they know everything. So then it, they can get a little bit. Um, what's the word, know-it-all, kind of like very dogmatic in their beliefs. So although it's a great time to know the truth of things and to really open up to the truth behind everything, um, it's very important to just maintain a level-headedness that everyone has different viewpoints and to make sure everyone's viewpoints are taken into account um, so as to not um, get caught into that, you know, trap of like, well, you know, this is, this is, this is really what, you know, the dogma or the law behind it. Um, so that's, I think, another trap with the Sagittarius moon is to stay open, open-minded. That's a really good point. Because, yeah, I mean, Sagittarius does have that, you know, um, I mean, well, it's ruled, it's ruled by Jupiter, you know, king of the heavens kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, it is, it is important to not get too full of yourself. <laughs> so, <laughs> Although now, the truth there, behind, the Sagittarians are, like, the Sagittarians can show you the truth, but then it's a matter of, like, knowing all sides of the truth, too, so... <laughs> Right, right, and and even even if something, um, I mean, to me there is there are levels of truth. You know, there's three D truth, there's five D truth, there's you know, there's always levels of truth higher and higher. But ultimate ultimate truth, um, Sagittarius does have that quality to to be able to uh, discern the ultimate truth. But that mm-hmm. still might not be the end of the line. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, not not don't don't turn into a know-it-all. And if you and if you're talking to someone who thinks they know it all, then just say, "Oh, it's just the moon in Sagittarius," and give them another <laughs> chance. Okay. So mm-hmm. then the next one is Capricorn, and Capricorn is about duty, responsibility, 
get the work done, be productive, use whatever you have at hand to get the work done. And whenever I, whenever I have to clean the house, it's like I'm going to wait till the moon's in Capricorn because Capricorn is is happy to 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 do the work and do it right, and and Capricorn has that ability to follow through and finish the job. You know, unlike unlike some of the, the the fire signs that have a really good start but they can't quite take it over the finish line because they get bored and they go off on something else. But yeah, Capricorn is very um, dutiful, responsible, a lot of integrity and propriety. Get down to business. It is um, it is a sign of resilience and an accomplishment. But it's another sign where people can get a little bossy and 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 uh, you know rigid. Capricorn is is can be kind of rigid. So, and people are generally really conservative. So if you're trying to get money from like an investor, do not think about even talking to him when the moon's in Capricorn because, you know, Capricorn can be very frugal because they have to take care, they have to make sure that, you know, they would never spend the rent money on something else like, like Sagittarius or Leo would. Uh, but Capricorn, it, I mean, the more the more people, the more Capricorns I have met and worked with, it's really hard to shake their tree. Really hard, you know. They've got both feet on the ground, and no matter what happens, they'll survive. And and uh, um, when, but wait, like I said, when the moon's in Capricorn. Um, people are, are much, I feel, they're much tighter with their money. Does that, yeah. would you agree? Yeah. You know, it, it, because they're so responsible, they just want to ensure that everything's taken care of. And then, you know, the, there are, um, you know, budgets that have to be taken into account because of that. And, you know, because Capricorn is so responsible and so good at budgeting, good at budgeting energy, so they know that um, I have this much energy to expend doing this project and then this much. But, you know, it's also a great time for them. It's a great time for starseeds to get really connected to the earth and the earth grid during the moon in, in Capricorn because it can really put us in touch with earthly matters. Um, it, it's a great time to, you know, just be barefoot outside and really connecting to, to the earth and feeling the earth energy, just feeling that you know, solid ground um, it's, it's a very grounded time um, because of that. So it's a great time to feel stable in, you know, what, what, what you're doing. If you want to, like, plan some career goals or you want to think about, you know, how you want to cultivate, you know, certain public persona, uh, it's also a good time to do that. So it's a good time to be out in public, uh, to, to talk to people, whether it's a group of people or maybe you have a presentation to give and you you get to choose which moon um, to do it on. Capricorn is also a great time to do like a very um, serious, you know, professional uh, presentation because um, you can come off very buttoned up. Um, so it's, it's, it's great for that as well. Um, you know, it, it does have that very grounded, serious nature about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. And also remember, Capricorn rules the crystal grid, and and it is about Earth Earth stewardship. So um, you know, 
uh, if you have an environmental project, Moon and Capricorn would be a great time, don't you think, to 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 uh, to launch a, a some kind of project that has to do with benefiting the environment, the Earth itself. Yes. Yeah, that would be really good. You know, and, and Capricorn is, as you mentioned, it, it is about a public image. So Capricorn is always concerned about, you know, their their public image, and they would, you know, they, they make sure that they are, are that they command respect. So yeah, Capricorn is is. So, I mean, it's really good, and it is, you know, like Capricorn, and as well as, you know, Taurus and Virgo, the other two Earth signs. And starseeds do have a bit of a challenge in staying grounded um, because we tend to, you know, kind of float off like a circus balloon sometimes um, into the <laughs> metaphysics, and, and we kind of, you know, lose our footing here on planet Earth. So moon and Capricorns are a really good time to connect with the earth, with the third dimension, with mother nature, um, and to take care of the planet. So now we've got moon in Aquarius, which is... It's a good time to leave the planet. (laughs) Pardon me? It's a good time to leave the planet. So we've grounded into it. Now let's let's go and take off with Aquarius. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Moon in Aquarius is, um, and I've, I've told this to many people in our sessions. It's it's probably my favorite moon sign uh, for for a natal moon. I'm not talking about the you know the monthly movements of the moon, but Moon in Aquarius is a humanitarian. Uh, it, I mean, it's a really good sign for star seeds because there's less emotional attachment, where you can see things. Um, in, a, in a more um, macro way, Aquarians have a futuristic kind of view, um, and they are concerned with, you know, the, the progression of the future and the the good of the of, of humanity. But it, it is emotionally detached, and the reason I like that for star seeds is because when you have um, when you get too involved emotionally, you can be creating karma that you have to come back for. And a lot of people's like, listen, I'm here for this mission, and when I'm done, I don't know if I want to come back. Um, and and Moon in Aquarius just really helps you to not get drawn in to the drama, um, as opposed to like you know Scorpio or, or Cancer or Pisces. You know, the water signs can very easily participate. In, in that, you know, very emotional, um, empathic way. The moon in Aquarius um, loves things that are different, anything that's new, anything that's, you know, outside the box. Um, but I guess, I guess maybe one of the pitfalls is, is seeming too distant, too aloof, um, what uh, what else would you say, Niara? Yeah, I think you know it only comes off a loop because there's like an ultimate like, like cosmic antenna that goes up with Aquarius moons, right? Can, so can um, you say that? Can you say that over a, again? Uh, I don't I don't know if it's my oh, phone, but it's breaking up. Oh, okay. I, what I said is um, basically it seems they seem aloof only because there's a cosmic antenna that goes up 
during that time. And, uh, you know, people can seem outer worldly. Like I said, you almost like leave the world. It's, it's, it's a very um, high, strange time. And it's, it's one of those weird times. People can tend to be a little weird then or do be a little quirky, um, be a little bit different and rebellious, just very unconventional. So like the very opposite of the Capricorn moon, um, they, they, there's, you know, people can, it's a great time to engage in sci-fi um, and maybe listen to, you know, different kinds of music, um, you know, maybe do something that's experimental uh, because, you know, Aquarius loves to experiment with new, different and innovative things. Um, so maybe there's a scientific uh, type of study or some exploration uh, that you want to, to, to have then. It's another great time. It's just things are just really strange and really weird, but in a good way, only because it serves us to um, really connect with the cosmos then too. So although it may seem a little aloof and unemotional, only because it's almost like bringing in a whole different energy that requires a lot more of our higher attention um, to, you know, absorb it all because there's so many, you know, maybe frequency waves happening or something like that. So, right. yeah. Yeah, I think um, interesting to uh, point to make is that uh, Aquarius is ruled by the planet Uranus. And of all the planets in our solar system, Uranus is the only one that rotates on an east-west axis and every other planet rotates on a north-south axis. And that makes, gives it a really erratic energy field, you know, quirky, spasmodic. Um, and, and consequently, when the moon is in its sign of Aquarius, uh, you know, normal things are, are boring. You want the new, the exciting, and, and certainly it, it rules technology. So, you know, people often get uh, inspiration or they get ideas or um, can, can work with technology more easily. Although when Mercury goes retrograde in Aquarius, look out. <laughs> Don't expect any of your devices to work properly because they just, they just, weird, they just weird out. Um, but, yeah, Aquarians, um, friend, friendship, brotherhood, sisterhood, um, that feeling of, you know, being part of uh, a humanity there's, a, there's a, a great humanitarian um, energy. And people that have that, you know, when people are having that influence, they may be a little bit, feel a little more um, uh, connected to humanity than at other times. Mm-hmm. Great time for group activities, you know, anything that concerns a large group, yeah, or yeah. clubs, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, a large group doing something innovative yeah. because Uranus, I mean, uh, Aquarius and Uranus too, but Aquarius um, is about innovation and, you know, breaking the mold kind of thing. And, yeah, and rebellion. Uranus does not like to be held down or restricted in any way. So if, if you've been tolerating something, but it hasn't been, you know, it's been submerged. When the moon goes into Aquarius, you might just say, that's it. And you might just snap. It's like, I've had it. 
I'm not doing that ever again, <laughs> or I'm never going back there, uh, because there there is that that kind of a snapping point where you just like that's it, that was the last straw, and it's more it's more likely to happen I think with the moon in Aquarius. Mm. But again, you got you have to know um, if you understand your you know what you're feeling, and then you know where the moon is, you may find a lot of patterns that expand your own understanding of, I kind of had this, I'm going to get this picture in my head of, of surfing and you have to be able to surf the waves um, to, you know, to get on down the beach. And if you try to fight them, you're just going to go under. So you have to learn how to, how to cooperate with the moon to get mm-hmm. the benefit. And you don't want to wear, so you know, a tank top when it's snowing outside. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. You've got to have the right, got to have the right outfit. Uh, so you take the lead on Pisces. Okay, this is my favorite. This is where we're at today. We're, we're in Pisces Moon. Um, beautiful. That's right. Pisces moons are beautiful. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I, they they really are a great time for just any kind of spiritual uh, endeavors um, because it's so uh, compassionate, it's uh, so elevating, puts you in touch with the other realms and the other side, um, deep wisdom and mystery of the earth. Um, and it can be uh, a great time to feel very, very intuitive. So it's a great time to trust your intuition because it's, it's, High, like likely very highly um, accurate during that time. Um, and it, it can be a great time to begin to imagine uh, what you want to create in your life. And then when it comes into areas and you start to create it, but it's a great time to start imagining what you want to create. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of um, also beautiful music here. You maybe want to listen to music, create some art, really get in touch with um, the flow of life and the flow energy of life. Um, of course, it's, it's, you know, again, it's just this very spiritual flowing energy. Um, so it may not be the best time to like really plan things, but to start to dream them up. So it's like the dreaming phase. What do you think, Arielle? Yeah, absolutely. Pisces has the most um, active and well-developed imagination of any of the signs, and it is spiritually based um, and so compassionate. I know when, I mean, when the moon is in Pisces, people will be more emotional. And um, like, I mean, all the water signs are kind of like that, but especially, you know, in Pisces, um, you're more empathetic to others and, and that compassion um, and the imagination is, is like unlimited. So artists, writers, um, musicians, people that create, they can get these ideas that just come out of nowhere. And that can happen mm-hmm. with the moon in Pisces. And the thing to be um, aware of is that Pisces doesn't like the third dimension. It's otherworldly. And it wants to see only what it wants to see. Pisces doesn't want to look at anything that's unpleasant or um, disturbing in any way. So that, um, you know, I mean, 
myself, uh, I've got I've got a, a strong Pisces placement in my chart, and and I cannot look at if I see an animal on the side of the road that's been hit or you know dead, I can't look. It's too disturbing. I feel so sorry, you know, for that animal that you know I, I just I can't look because it'll stick with me for days. Um, so that that deep deep empathy and compassion is always there. But Pisces will turn a blind eye to anything that's not pleasant. And if it's bad enough, you're, you're going to have feeling like you want to escape. So, you know, some people will use um, drugs, alcohol, um, or, you know, video games, anything that helps them escape whatever the unpleasantness might be in the third dimension. But, again, it's only two days. So if you want to take a break from reality for two days and just, uh, you know, imagine, create, um, be inspired, that's a great time. But also, Pisces can take you down the rabbit hole and you start looking at at the, the more pessimistic side of things so if you start to get, you know, discouraged or you start feeling like, oh, I don't belong here, what's the use? Look and see. It's like, oh, it's only the moon in Pisces. And as soon as the moon moves into Aries, those feelings are going to go away. So uh, that's, I mean, that's how I, how I handle it. And, you, yeah. you know, use it for what it's good for. But be aware that it can also kind of make you look on the gloomy side. Um, and it can make others do that as well. So yeah, I think it can if, tap if, you if, into if, that. It can tap you into the pardon? collective unconscious. It can tap you into the collective unconscious. So in the, if the collective is beaming something disastrous, you're going to feel it with the Pisces moon. So it may be important to, again, to maybe focus on yourself, but it's hard because you're feeling everything with that Pisces moon. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Pisces, is, Pisces is an ego-denying sign. It's selfless. And people are very, you know, much more into, you know, like public community service and, and helping the less fortunate. Um, but at the same time, if someone gives you a compliment when the moon's in Pisces, you might have trouble saying, oh, thank you. <laughs> you might just think, oh, no, that was no good. Um, so... As we've been covering, we've now covered all 12 signs. Each sign has a strength, and it also has some things to be aware of. And as you track it, you know, give yourself a little project. And, um, get, you know, you can, I like this, <clears throat> excuse me, this Llewellyn astrological calendar because it's everything in one place. Um, and it, it tells you, I mean, even my astrology software, I don't know if it if I just can't find it, but it's like, okay, when is it void of course? When does it move into the new sign? Um, I, I can't figure that out with my software, but this calendar, it's right there in black and white, and it will tell you. So the moon is in Pisces, and tomorrow is the new moon at 12.35 um, p.m. lunchtime. And this is the, you know, and then the next day it goes into Aries. So, this is, these are good times to, you know, imagine something and start something new. 
and then give yourself this little project where maybe you keep a, a, a notebook or a, a little journal. And, you know, today the moon was in such and such a sign, and, and this is, you know, what I experienced. And, you know, had a really good day today. The moon was in whatever sign. And then do that. If you do that for four, five, six months, you're really going to start to get a handle on the influences of the moon. And that way you can time your moves for the best reception, for the, um, for the, the better good of, your, of yourself and for the planet, um, you know, working with the earth, working with people, working on your projects, working on yourself, education. All of these things have a proper time and place, which is determined by the sign that the moon is in. So do yourself a favor and, you know, start a little, you know, moon journal, if you want to call it that, and, and write down what kind of day you had when the moon was in each sign. And if you do that for several months, you're going to start to see patterns emerge. And then you'll have a better handle on how to more effectively navigate your mission, and ultimately to better serve the planet. So, well, this has been fun, Miara. It was really, really great to um, have you here with us tonight. And um, I will remind remind everybody, <laughs> I will remind everybody that <clears throat> Miara is one of our um, Starseed Hotline astrologers and does an excellent, excellent job. Uh, she has a lot of people that uh, particularly request her because she does do a great job and just a beautiful, beautiful soul. So thank awesome. you so much, Miara, for being with us tonight. Thank you. And, um, oh, yeah, and you know what? Maybe uh, between you and Riley, and Riley likes to do the, you know, the forecasts, maybe we could, you know, have a, a kind of a, a regular thing here where we help people to better use the astrological knowledge that's readily available. But I think a lot of people are, are a little overwhelmed because it, it seems to be so cryptic. Um, but, you know, just learn, I mean, just learning the moon through the signs, that will help lay a foundation so that you like, okay, now I see how that works. And, and, and to better understand other people. When I learned astrology, when I started learning astrology and looking at, at you know, the charts of friends, like, oh, they are being true to their natural state. Even though I wish they were some other way, they're doing what they came here to do. And, and I, can't, I can't ask a person with five planets in Gemini to sit still. <laughs> You know, that it just you know, no matter how much I want, I want them to sit still. If they got five planets in Gemini, they're not going to be able to do it. And rather than you know get mad at them, you have, you could give you that understanding. It's like that's who they are. That's who they came to be, and you can honor that. Yes, very reality confirming and validating. That's, that's what I use always use. <laughs> So, um, once again, I thank you so much, Miara, for spending this time with us this evening. And um, we will be back in two weeks. 
And um, again, and I want to thank uh, Kathy and Jada. I thought we were going to have some questions here, but um, the people did not have questions. They just must have raised their hand by accident. So um, I'm going to wrap it up and thank everyone for listening. And we will be back in two weeks. So until then, take care, everyone. Good night, Niara. Good night. Happy Pisces full moon. I mean, new moon. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Until next time, remember to keep gratitude in your heart and show compassion to everyone. Good night. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 